This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Back of the chest. (laughs) Coronavirus self-isolation podcast. Hello and welcome to Back of the Nest, the lockdown sessions. I'm Chris Hambling and I'm your host as we look to pot our way through these unprecedented times and cling on to the last dying embers of our own sanity. I'll introduce you to the panel after this short message. No paywall, no subscription. Back of the Nest. Fan-created podcasts, videos and articles. Free forever. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. Right, time to introduce the panel. I'll run you through them quickly, then we'll have a quick chat with each. I have DR Kernaz. Hello. Hello. We have Aaron Paul. Not that one. All right, mate. All right. All right, yeah, all right. And, of course, we have Mr. Mike Scott. Word up your good self. Oh, wow. You've descended into word up already. Worrying, worrying times. Well, let's have a little chat about how we're all getting on, because I don't know if anyone's noticed, but there's some kind of problem with a virus um, going around. So um, hope, uh, hope you're all staying safe and all that. I've got some concerns myself, but I'll talk about those in just a sec. But we've really got to check in with DR and find out, have you drunk the mouthwash yet? No, no, no. You know what I realised? Um, we, we, I, I got it as a precautionary matter, just in case, you know. But um, I realised that we can stock up on water in terms of my dad knows a supplier. So we haven't really had the problem with water so far. But yeah. <laughs> precautionary matter. Okay, yeah, no, that's that's fine. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad you're thinking it through. And still rolling out tap water, yeah? Uh, no, 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 no. I don't, I don't mess with tap water. Uh, that's another conspiracy that I don't want to get into. <laughs> All right, well, it's a, it's a long way to go in this lockdown, so I'm sure we'll cap- capture that in a future session. Uh, also, you were considering whether or not you needed to wear a mask during this. Yeah, you know, to promote social distancing and to keep us safe and all that, because you never know if you have a coronavirus. Initially, I wanted to wear a mask for a fashion trend, but it didn't really work, so, yeah. I'm doing it maskless, but I'm wearing retainers if that helps. To protect I mean, yeah, that's good, good news. Good news. Well, um, I'll let everyone kind of digest what was just said there. Um, Aaron, over to you, mate. Have a little chat with you earlier. And you are genuinely considering buying a 25 kilogram lump of Donner meat. Well, the thing is, Amber, I'm, I'm a bit 
concerned about you, pal, because once upon a time, if I had approached you and said, Hambo, do you want to go halves on a 25 kilo donna? You would have gone, yes, mate, of course I do. Anytime, no problem. I'll bring the nans. Yeah. But you said no. You mm-hmm. of all people said no. So I want to know what the hell, what's going on with you, man? What is going on with you? Because I'm concerned. Well, I think I would be able to answer that by a simple screenshot of my delivery history. Um, right, okay. It, yeah, we've got. I've got a whole session on this later on in the show about people's eating habits and stuff around the coronavirus epidemic. But let's just say I am struggling. Uh, I, you know, I'm I'm one of those people who, you know, can put on weight very very easily, and I'm absolutely proving that during the course of this lock in. In fact, I'm concerned just how fat I will be by the end of all of this shit. So. Who Mate, knows? Eh? The Donald Duck lifestyle that you once upon a time wished for, you know, the trouser last lifestyle, <laughs> it might actually come true. <laughs> it's absolutely true. The thing is, this technically speaking is is what I kind of liked to do: <laughs> sit, sit around, lazed about, eating, not doing anything. But um, yeah, it's amazing what happens, what changes when you're suddenly forced into that situation rather than it being a choice. Mm, I'm still considering buying that donor, by the way. I just, I'm wondering how I can heat it. But, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to sort of like, you know, build some form of contraption to heat it because I'm not going to be able to get a donor machine on order anytime soon. No, unlikely. But, I mean, if you think about all those post apocalyptic kind of films where they've just got big fires raging in various places, you just need a big fire and a stick, and I think you'd be fine. Um, but obviously, as soon as, you, as soon as you start, sorry, sorry, carry on, Dale. What? I wouldn't advise that. I'm just saying, you know, you're gonna you're gonna cause the NHS is already under pressure. You're gonna send Aaron to the hospital because he's gonna cook food that's not cooked. Well, he's gonna try to cook food and it's not gonna be cooked. I would say the bigger the bigger danger is that social distancing will be a problem as soon as people smell him cook, cooking doner meat in the street. So um, I think the fact that I'd have eaten a 25 kilo doner kebab could be a bigger problem. The fact that you know my, my guts will, will, will completely be ravaged afterwards. Yeah, especially with all the chilli sauce you need to put on it, of course. Mm. Haunting. Mike Scott, hello. I'm not sure there's a lot of point in saying how I am because we put everyone would have turned off by now after listening to a couple of minutes of that. Um, yeah, weird, weird old week. Um, I started a new job, the worst week in history to start a new job. And well, I suppose like 1944 or something is probably worse, but uh, don't really know what I'm doing. Um now stuck at home after having to go into the office can't see my kids etc etc um yeah weird old week um i would be up for the doner kebab but if it has to be 25 kilograms of tofu doner kebab (laughs) oh what a horrible horrible thought 25 kilograms of tofu Hmm. slimy slimy mess um mike you wanted to talk a little bit about some general comments around coping mentally in this lockdown as, as i'm sure people can observe we're all coping fine mentally nothing wrong with us um <clears throat> but um yeah some general thoughts from you mike yeah i mean look people have been in worse situations in in the world you know there was twitter comments about well people are breaking down but Anne frank lived in a wardrobe for two years that kind of thing um you can only go on your own experiences and it's it's new for people to be um stuck in lockdown so people that already had Pre, uh, pre-existing mental health problems, issues, or those that are just having issues coping with the fact that they hate their family. Um, you know, they, they, there's issues. And and 
kind of wanted everyone here to just give one tip to everyone. Uh, but before that, I did put a, a tweet out earlier and ask some people for their advice. Um, so Mark Smethurst um, said uh, he's keeping an eye on the Your CPFC Match Day hashtag, um, and that's helped him on bad days. So I guess it, it, using social media for good rather than it making you worse, that's that's excellent. Um, Furry Monkey, if that is indeed your real name, Furry, um, running, lots of running, 38 miles in the last five days, whilst also working as a key worker and wondering when the Burnley game might happen. Fair play. Excellent, excellent. Um, yeah, I mean, running, I, I know Cy Pizzi of this parish did a, did a marathon yesterday, um, but, you know, walking, just getting out, we're allowed to exercise. Uh, it's definitely kept me sane. Um, you know, you're allowed to go once at a shop and, and once out for a walk. Um, so just make sure you buy enough cans. And I suppose probably not, resulting to drinking for the sake of it um I, I definitely this week i've done various zoom zoom um zoom meetings with people and uh started hitting it hard earlier in the week but realized i probably have to scale down from the the six percent polish lager i was getting through eight of in an evening um so yeah j- j- just just a few things but whatever the small things you can do to keep you, yourself sane um what about you gentlemen what would you give us advice well, I would say, I mean, if you're already listening to this, and, and fair play to you if you are, um, but I actually think things like podcasts and, and the radio and music, and um, one of my uh, one of my staff at work has even started while working, is sort of playing cafe sounds in the background to basically just give that kind of mind trick, if you like, that he's, that he's not sitting at home on his own. Um, I, I used to do that to certain people, but um, what I'd do is, is when I was late for something... I'd play, and I was at home. I'd play like a, you know, like a sort of a, a sounds of the M1, basically, and uh, pretend <laughs> I still got it on my favourite, um, where you basically just press it and, and you, you press it. It's on YouTube. It runs, and it's like the sound of traffic and like a motorway, and you just be able to phone them. And go, oh yeah, I'm stuck on, I'm stuck on the M1. Blah blah. blah. Yeah, it just it just worked like that. So um, you know, yeah, it, it was a good diversionary tactic. I'll say learn a new skill. I'm trying to be a DJ. Um, now, I don't know why. I guess I've got time to learn how to be a DJ. That's why I'm going to learn after I finish my assignments, of course, how to be a DJ. And yeah, that's what I'm going to do. At least like that, you get distracted. Can I just say, actually playing PS4 is like a, um, it's like a new world to me because I've never been one for, for gaming and like playing consoles and stuff. But the other day, I was just like milling around at home and I realised I actually own a PlayStation 4 with FIFA 20. Like, I actually just realised it. I was like, oh, look, there's a PlayStation. Yeah, let me give it a go. So I gave it a go and then I realised you could play online and I'd never in my wildest dreams imagine I'd buy one of these membership things and become one of these nerdy kids who plugs his headphones in and talks to all his mates on the PlayStation. But you know what? It's my, mine and my, me and my pals, we do it every day now and we have like a little catch up. Oh, how you been? Yeah, I'm good. How you been? Yeah, it's all good. You know, and we, 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 we play with little kids in random countries on, 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 you know, co-op seasons on FIFA. Careful with the word, you know, careful with the word. Yeah, phrasing, phrasing. Sorry about that. We, 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 we challenge, um, you know, uh, you know, other people to play FIFA co-op seasons and stuff. And it's actually quite good, you know. The communication's quite. It feels like I'm trying to achieve something on it. Um, it, it it's brought me and my cousin closer together, you know. After we haven't, we didn't speak in like two years. Now we talk every day. 
Yeah, I mean, PlayStation is the perfect solution for this. Like, I've been on it to like four. My new sleeping pattern, well, I have breakfast at 3 p.m., um, go to bed at like 4, 5 a.m., and that's all due to PlayStation and, of course, work as well. But that that is, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll strongly advise that as well. Everyone is online right now. Grab a mic, put on a mic, and you can chat all day, chat rubbish, do it whatever you want, and, yeah, it's and perfect And like Hambo and you own an Xbox. Yeah, well, Hambo is, is a bit different, isn't it? so I don't really Well, know. let's not disrespect the Xbox. It's a perfectly fantastic system, you know. Uh, but I think, more importantly, I'm not letting DR get away with such a minimal explanation of the fact he now wants to become a DJ. Um, tell me, what exactly are you doing to become a DJ? Um, I'm not doing much. I mean, yesterday I, I was um, I was basically a fraudulent DJ. Um, there's an app called House Party, and I went on there and I started DJing for random people. Um, but I was using someone else's mix, and I was like, you know what? I kind of like this. And, you know, I had my hat on, I had my shades on, you know, to bring the <laughs> <laughs> Did you have your mask on for DJing? No, not the mask. I had the little colourful top on. Yeah, so I was like, Saturday night, it's not going to stop, you know, self-isolation. So from then on, I'm like thinking now, you know what, I'm going to be a DJ, might as well. So once I finish all my work, I'm going to learn every technique and whatever needs to be done and try it out. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, there's a lot to unpack there, uh, but we best move on <laughs> for the time being. Um, so a couple of quick bits of admin for you. So first up, the Pitch Sport Football app. Uh, Google Pitch Sport Football, download the app, uh, join us on there. Obviously, with the football being on the pause for now, not a huge amount going on, but they're supporting us through this, and we'd like you to support them too, so please join that. And as things get going again, you'll get a FaceTime question of the week video from DR, and you can add us on there. My code is K-U-G-K-U-T. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can, of course, send us a WhatsApp voice message on 0203 575 1266. Our socials are Instagram at Back of the Nest CPFC, Twitter is at Back of the Nest, Facebook is Back of the Nest, YouTube is Back of the Nest, email is hi at backofthenest.com, and don't forget your five star reviews on your chosen podcast app. And I don't really care what the reviews say as long as it's five stars, so say whatever you like in them. Um, we've also running a FIFA tournament on the aforementioned PlayStation 4. Uh, boo. We we did put it out to a vote and uh, and PlayStation 1 over Xbox, which, you know, you know, the popular choice isn't always the right choice, is it? But we've had many of you registered. I think there's even a reserve list at the moment, and our very own DR Kernaz, as well as Aaron, uh, will be uh, attempting to um, compete. I'm my cousin involved as well. He's buzzing. Oh, there you go. And we're going to be live streaming that next weekend, I think on the 5th. Uh, so if you didn't get involved this time around, I dare say we'll be attempting other events throughout the course of this situation. And one such event next Friday at 8pm will be a Facebook Live Palace pub quiz. Um, DR Kernaz will be hosting this, which in itself is going to be a sight to behold. Uh, we'll just You can join us on that uh, Facebook Live broadcast. You'll be self-marking, so honesty is important. God damn it, be honest, guys. And then you can share with us how you did. Just compete against each other. See how you get on. And further details will be released on our social media throughout the course of the week leading up to it. So please join us for that. That's everything at the uh, for the start of the show. Oh dear, time to move on and actually talk about some football. Right, so first up, let's talk about the team of the decade so far in goal. Julian Speroni at left-back, Patrick Van Arnholt. First centre-back chosen was Scott Dan, seeing off Mamadou Sacco. 
and uh, the results this week for Joel Ward versus Aaron Wan-Pasaka. 52% of the vote, incredibly tight. It was uh, 479 votes to 432 uh, received for Aaron Wan-Pasaka. So Joel Ward gets the right-back slot. and Let's get some reaction, and let's start at the top of my screen with Mike. Yeah, I'll, I'll go for that. I, I went for Ward. Um, obviously, the same as with um, the other options, it tends to be head over heart. Obviously, Aaron Wambasaka is going to go on to be an amazing player, and he's probably funded our our training complex and and a good a good part of of other things as well. Um, he's done amazing things, um, and good luck to him. But Joe Ward for his for his time at the club, for the fact that he cost four hundred grand, um, the fact he's been a legend, the fact he's reinvented himself so often. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to give my favourite Palace eleven shortlist, and he isn't the right back, but he was very close to being. Um, but certainly for the last ten years, he, he hands down the winner for me. And uh, Kernaz, um, you were very much in the Wambasaka camp. Are you surprised? Um, I'm not. I'm not really surprised. I mean, you look at decade; it'll be it'll be Joe Ward. I would choose a team of Spronies if I could. You know. I'm gutted that Steve Mandanda wasn't, you know, involved in 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 the potential. <laughs> Steve, you know, big Steve. I was actually there for his debut, Blackpool two nil, in the uh, in the Carling slash Capital One slash random sponsor cup. Um, really hot day at Selhurst. That was a hot evening uh, in 2016. Um, but you know, for me, it'll be Wambasaka right back. But my question is, is Wambasaka the best product out of that Palace Academy? Bar Wilfred Zaha over the past decade. It's a really tough. That is, I mean, it is difficult to say. I mean, of late, I think you you got to say he is. Um, I think, in fact, our production line hasn't been um, since we got to the Premier League. It's so much harder for the players to break through and, and make a name for themselves. I think it would have been interesting if Luke Dreyer hadn't received quite so many injuries because he was really pushing for involvement um, on a couple of occasions. But. Um, but yeah, Wambasaka has been absolutely outstanding, and um, yeah, I think in terms of ability, you know, we've said it, talked about it a bit last week. In terms of ability, arguably he should be should be the winner there. But Ward gets it for his uh, longevity of service and just how hard he's worked. Just on a side note, Hambo, um, Chris Kettings, former Palace keeper. Does anyone actually know what happened to him? I mean, I've just done a bit of research. Um, but have you, have you heard what's happened to him? Where where he is these days? No, I mean, I I, I think I remember, last I remember he went he went to play in Scotland. I don't know what happened after that. Well, he's an area manager at Aldi now. <laughs> there we go. Um, he's an area manager at Aldi in Bolton. Um, Chris Kettings. It's always good to know. But you know, if you need any fruit and veg, he's probably your man. Key worker. Good lads. Good lads. He's probably working now. Good lads. He probably is. Big up, Kings. Big up, big up. You can't knock the jewel, though. Carry on. So anyway, let's um, let's crack on a little bit. So next week it's going to be between. I mean, it says Ward and Alan Mbazaka on my page here, but that's definitely not who it is. I believe it's James Tompkins and Damian Delaney. Now, who is going to win out there? Some early thoughts, please. I'll oh, go on, Aaron, since you've already got your hand up. Um, probably Delaney for me, just for his part in Istanbul. Absolutely right, and and. Obviously, many, many other things. Dr. Kernaz, Delaney, obviously a mainstay of your early Palace years versus James Tompkins, who's been incredibly impressive since we signed him from West Ham. Which way do you go on that one? This is easy. This is day in the other week. I mean, Tompkins is a good player, but we're talking about decade, and it's it's not even it's not even tight in my eyes. It's just Damo. Mike, 
Oh, I'm just going to disagree. I'm just going to go Tompkins, but I don't think I'm going to win that one. It's um, one thing I would say, if you think about all the things Delaney did, I mean, for for me, it's the story with Damo. It's the whole thing that we, we all know it's been talked about a lot, that he was so close to giving up football. Um, but the most impressive thing about him was how he... How he played, we always thought, you know, we'd get get to the Premier League, he might play a few games, but, you know, playing regularly in the Premier League was going to be beyond him. But he played regularly for, for several years, really, really high performer. And I think the, the day he absolutely owned uh, Diego Costa was one of my favourite days as a Palace fan. I mean, seeing, seeing Costa just absolutely destroyed by Damien Delaney was... It was a beautiful, beautiful moment and and a credit to just the sheer bloody-mindedness that, that Damien Delaney had. And let's not forget, he got Palace. He understood what it meant to be a Palace fan and wasn't afraid to uh, to to say it, you know, at times. So uh, we'll see how that goes on the vote for next week or, well, next show, show, whenever that might be. So moving on from the team of the decade, Mike, you've got your favourite ever Palace Eleven controversy abound i expect let's go for it yeah i just wanted to piss some people off um we were looking for ideas to actually still talk about palace on these pods um and and i, I thought well, being as um, we've been doing the team of the decade um and fyp did the, the team ever uh which was filled with controversy when i was having to listen um i thought well if we all do our own one um each episode start with myself um now this is this is based on just what players mean to you. They're not necessarily the best players. In my eyes, this is how I choose an eleven. anyway. I don't just go for the ones that have had the most impact for the club. I have the ones that are most impact for me. So I'm going to kick off with the goalkeeper, um, which instantly will get people's backs up. Uh, and I'm going for the 2000 to 2003 Palace goalkeeper, Alex Kalinko. Uh, hear hear me out. Hear me out before you, uh, before you criticise. Um, so I um just my story on Palace really. Um my dad wasn't a Palace fan um and I grew up in, in Sutton, um, where you were sort of in the middle between Wimbledon um Palace and then Sutton United and Carshall Athletic had a lot to do with the schools as well. Um and uh, Wimbledon obviously couldn't give their tickets away, so got to see them a lot when I was young. Um and, and really I, I sort of you know, I, I've always had a bit of a, a soft spot for Wimbledon, um, as I think Aaron does as well. Um, yeah, but, um, you know, as I, as I got into my sort of mid to late teenage years, uh, that's when I really got into Palace. Um, and I think um, at the very end of the 90s, the start of the 2000s, um, is, is I just remember as just this this sort of sea change in my life where Palace just became so much to me. Um, and Kalinko just sort of was there at the time. Um, the the, the, uh, the Worthington Cup semi-final when we beat uh, Liverpool 2-1 at home. And then my first ever away game was the away leg when we lost 5-0 and Alex Kalinko got sent off. So, absolute legend. Um, I think rather Sorry. than going for... Can I, I just, I've just got to jump in on this. The, the, my favourite thing with Kalinko was Alan Smith um, telling this story. So, these are direct quotes from, from Alan Smith, the former Palace manager. He said, I made up a story about Alex Kalinko who had been in tears after the game. I said he came from the poorest mountain village in Latvia where he had to fight bears when he was eight. I said his grandparents had been shot by the Nazis, his mother had died of cancer, and his sister was assaulted by a gang of mountain rebels. But he never shed a single tear because he was strong and brave. 
Then I told him one mark's playing behind our defence had turned him into a blubbering wreck. The players didn't know what to say. Except Clinton Morrison. He said, it's a shame about his sister. I've actually just finished reading Simon Jordan's autobiography. Um, and he talked about Kalinko and the story with Trevor Francis and where he offered uh, Alexander Kalinko the chance to riot up Trevor Francis. And I think it's just a wonderful idea. It's just a wonderful idea on a whole. I mean, I'd love to write up Trevor Francis, but I, I, I never get the chance. But that's because was off of the charts because he told um, he told Francis he wanted to leave. Well, didn't Fra- Francis hit him as well on the yeah. uh, on the on the bench because he was laughing when we conceded a goal? Anyway, anyway, sorry, Mike, you, you cracked sorry, my form. That's all right. If if the whole show could be about Alexander Kalinko, I'd be a happy man. Um, <laughs> so left back, um, I've gone. I've gone with PVA. Um, so. To me, he represents um, the, the different, the new era of Palace. Um, he, he, when he got signed, it seemed to me that um, that that was sort of the, the the time when we stepped from being a team that was just avoiding relegation to one that perhaps could push on for more. Um, he's he's Middlesbrough goal. I've definitely mentioned it before. Well, that game where we we won one nil, um, and it was really looking like we might go down, and that 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 that's started a, a chain of events that, that kept us up quite comfortably. Uh, a great player. Uh, centre-backs, I've gone for Tony Popovich. Um, 20, again, 2001 to 2006, so um, definitely definitely my, my sort of golden palace era. Um, the fact that he was a free transfer and he went on to become the club captain, make 100 and whatever it was, appearances, legend. Um, the other centre-back, Sacco, just because I, I, I think that he... Was the first uh, the first player we had that was really a different class of signing. Um, not necessarily gone on to do such amazing things, but um, the amount of money he cost, that kind of thing. Um, he's definitely a, a lovable rogue, um, and I, 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 I've always got a lot of time for him. Um, the right black, I, I alluded to earlier. I've gone for Nathaniel Klein. So, um, 122 times for Palace. Um, uh, Across four years, amazing player. Went on to play for England, what, I don't know, a dozen times. Um, and the fact that he got player of the year for us as well. Um, I, I was really hoping that he would come back when those rumours were uh, were abound. I know people say he's passed it, but, um, you know, you still look backwards, don't you? Um, left midfield, Wilf. Don't really need to say anything on that. Uh, centre midfield, uh, this is probably going to piss people off. I've gone for Ben Watson. Um, I thought he was a, a proper leader. Uh, for us, and I was absolutely gutted when he left for Wigan. And the fact he's still playing now, still doing well, what yeah. a man! Um, other centre midfielder, Miley Jednak. I mean, he uh, I think he came up in the the FYP um, team of all time, as obvious. Um, again, fairly gutted when he when he went uh, on a bit more of a whimper than he perhaps should have done. Um, and the right wing, uh, so, sorry, right side of midfield. Uh, I've gone for Balassi. I absolutely love Yannick Balassi. Um, the hat trick against Sunderland. I think that's still our only hat trick in the Premier League. Um, so much class. I was absolutely distraught when he left for Everton, even though we got a load of money for it. Um, I, I've got to admit something that won't make me popular. Um, when Wilf went to United in 2013, um, I remember just chatting to my mates and saying, "Well, I, I'm just, I'm just happy it wasn't, it wasn't Bellati. Um I loved him that much at the time. Um, I mean, I, you know, times come to show that probably wasn't the right thing to think, but at the time, loved him. Um, so forwards, uh, now I've had to jig around a little bit. Uh, so I've gone for Clinton Morrison just because he's just a legend. An absolute legend. He's still, he's an amazing pundit now. He's, he's funny as hell. Um, 113 goals for Palace. I, I would say probably the most likeable Palace man ever, in my opinion. 
Um, just just classy, absolutely love him. And the other forward, in order, in order to get him in the team, along with Balassi, because he did play as a false number nine, Andros. Um, I just couldn't imagine a team with Townsend, Balassi and Wilf in it. And if that doesn't make you slightly moist, I don't know what will. So there you go. That is my team. And Mike, no space for, for Andy Johnson, mate. Well, I actually, I was having a, a Zoom uh, a Zoom dr- drunken evening yesterday with a, a couple of other members of the pod, uh, Chris and Luke. And uh, they basically said the same thing when I was running my ideas past. And they're like, no, AJ, what are you talking about? And I, I sort of said to them, well, this is this is players that mean a lot to me, um, and I had to make the choice. Really, I wanted Townsend in there because I, I I just think he's one of the best players we've had in the Premier League. Um, so he was always going to be in there, and if I wanted Balassi in, it was down to one striker. And Clinton Morrison beats everyone for me. I, I just I absolutely love him. Um, I, I, it probably wasn't as talented as, talented as AJ, but he did it for longer. Hmm. I mean, there's a lot in there. <laughs> to discuss, but I think a lot of it will capture as we go through our own in, in the in the subsequent weeks. But it's interesting. I, I've I've sort of witnessed quite a lot about conversations around Luca versus Melee and all that kind of stuff recently. And it's interesting that I think there's so many parallels on how people talk about Jedinak versus people talking about Milivojevic in the sense that quite often, whilst he was playing for us, particularly in the Premier League. A lot of people were really down on Melee, you know, in terms of his ability. They continuously complained he gave the ball away. Lots of people saying, oh, he should be dropped. He's not just enough to be a leader. And it's it's interesting to see so many people sort of default to the fact that, oh, you know, with Luca in the side, we merely re- really miss having someone like Jednak in there. When, you know, in my opinion, Milivojevic is a considerable upgrade on, on the ability of Jednak. Perhaps not the leadership, but because he was such a force and, and really did drag everyone's performance up, which was a, a huge plus for us. But I think sometimes, you know, people, when they get nostalgic and they think back, they look, kind of filter out um, all the negatives that would potentially argue the point they're ma- against the point they're making, if that's fair. Yeah, I've got to agree with that. I think in terms of skill level, um, Milivojevic is up there and he's certainly a better player than, than Jedinak. However, um We've, we've missed a leader up until Cahill. I think we talked about it a lot last season. And it, it runs through the spine of the team I've chosen. So uh, Popovich, Ben Watson and Jedinak. I'm a big fan of the of the, the real the real leaders in the game. Um, so for, for me, Jedinak, even though you know everyone was frustrated with him at times. Um, but then again, the side we had was, you know, had its faults. So um, a lot of players were in the, in the same boat for criticism. I'll tell you what, Mike, um, that midfielder yours, Watson and Yedena, there'd be a couple of broken legs in there for, for, for some opponents. I mean, <laughs> yeah. now at Pali, at, uh, at Forest is really, he's, he's, he's a real driving force. I mean, he's in his early 30s. I think he's, yeah, he's 31, 32, something like that. No, but, I'm older than that. He's about 37. No, Ben Watson. Yeah, yeah. Leave Try, it out. Man. Time has marched on. While you're talking. That's scary. He's not 37, is he? He's 34. He's 34. He's in the middle. Yeah. Oh, okay. But, you know, he is still a top quality midfielder for Nottingham Forest. You know, amongst their sort of riches that they've got, they've got uh, Thiago Silva, they've got uh, Joe Carvalho, you know, these sort of foreign imports that they've paid ridiculous amounts of money for. It's still ginger haired Ben Watson at 34, who's still doing the dog work for him. But, you know, I think him, him and Yedinak in midfield would be some real, like, I mean, it'll be sort of like Roy Keane's wet dream, wouldn't it? 
<laughs> what a horrible thought. Um, <laughs> um, come on, we've got to get Kernaz in on some of this. I mean, some of those players you might not remember, DR. I mean, if you could remember Tony Popovich's own goals, you'd be... Uh, oh, what an own goal this man scored. I mean, the one against Middlesbrough, it's worth checking out on YouTube immediately if you're listening to this. Just hit pause, you, YouTube, Tony Popovich, Middlesbrough, own goal, and just watch the ma- majestic finish. I mean... Um, Hamber on that own goal, if you watch Premier League years on Sky Sports, when he, when he scored that, I mean, they just capture his face so well. It's unreal. They, like, pan to him and his reaction immediately for, like, 10 seconds afterwards. I mean, first, his hair is perfect, isn't it? Yeah, his hair is absolutely <laughs> wonderful. And the, and the kit, I think it was made by Deodora, wasn't it? The Deodora Churchill one. It, it, you know, it suited him very well. But his face just, it just says, you know, like, come on, guys, that was a great finish as well. You know, it was a great finish. <laughs> You know, it, it, it was wonderful. Wonderful days. Come on, Kurt, that's some thoughts from you. Um, I mean, so half the players I might have listed, um, not half of them, but some of them I wasn't able to watch them live. Um, but I would say, what do you want me to exactly list? I mean, let's, let's think about the forwards. Do you, you know, you remember... He's gone for yeah. Andros Townsend as a forward to shoehorn him in. How do you feel about that, Andros Townsend? I mean, I mean, that's a bit fraudulent itself in that <laughs> that that type of, that type of behaviour. I mean, I would, wait, actually, well, what are wingers? They're not really midfield. They are forwards in a way, especially if you're talking about now. So, I would I would I would agree with the Andros aspect. I'll I'll, I'll apologise to you, Mac, about that. Um, but yeah, you, I, you remember AJ, right? Yeah, I remember AJ. I, in fact, I walked with AJ as well in a, a marathon march. Um, yeah, you made, and... you made him go considerably quicker. Um, no, <laughs> no, nah, nah, jokes aside, look, the thing about AJ, um, what Mike said, I, I fully understand because even when I was walking with AJ um, in the marathon march, you know, we got to speak to him for a little bit. Um, he did mention, like, even now, even now, his knee is still bugging him and even, like, just doing a basic walk and stuff. So I would agree with the Morrison over the AJ aspect in in that terms because injuries did kill AJ but if you're asking me about the better player I would have to go with AJ over Morrison um what else can we pick up from that I was going to say is there any truth to the rumor that around 10 minutes after you started speaking with AJ he asked you for your autograph (laughs) there's no rumor about that but I remember using clearly there because that man from much was yeah it kind of destroyed you didn't it was it the first one was it yeah, it was the first yeah, one. Yeah. I didn't do the second one. Yeah, you wasn't there, unfortunately. But you didn't run away from me. Um, <laughs> someone else was there. <laughs> I, I don't know if I should mention the name. Um, uh, Neil Shepard, he was there at the Marathon March as well. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know why I said his name, but yeah, he was you're, there You're allowed well. to say Ships' his name, you know. He's yeah, made, yeah. Made a, made a mistake. Diggers not take up your invita- invitation. D- diggers, old, good old good old Fraser Dugby. No, he, yeah. he wasn't in, He wasn't invited, shamefully. I think maybe they should get him on the next one. Cool. He could do the catering, actually, at the end, couldn't he? He could. Um, Mikey, just just, just or Mike, Mike, sorry, just, just a quick one. Um, no son of Doogie Friedman in your um in your uh, in your lineup either. I mean, I know, I mean, he wasn't as prolific, I presume, as well. He wasn't as prolific as Clinton Morrison, but still a Palace legend, isn't he? Yeah, I mean the um the Stock Stockport County staying up thing definitely, but they were kind of the two of them. Um, Clinton was always the much more likable one, and, and the way Friedman. 
uh, treated the club when uh, he was manager the first time. I've not really forgiven him for. Um, so I, I just don't, I, I don't think Clinton would ever do that to me. To be honest, I don't think I don't think he'd ever be mean to me. <laughs> Fair enough. Look, we better crack on. We've got to talk about Wilfred Zaha. Ten years uh, since he made his debut. Um, incredible, incredible player for Palace. We, we've talked about him so much on this show that it's, it's very, very hard to do it justice as well. Um, I'm going to sort of slightly monologue about a few things and get some comments from from uh, some of the panel as we go through and then give you all a chance to sort of give your your views overall. But So, I mean, I vividly remember his debut um, as, a, as a teenager coming off the bench against Cardiff. Um, it just... The first thing that you noticed about him was the fact that the shirt was about 10 times too big for him. It was just billowing in the wind like the like the old shirts did, um, particularly some of the, shall we say, questionable quality of some of our shirts back Avec. then. Avec. <laughs> Avec, yeah. Um, but it was... Um, so the first thing was this sort of skinny lad that came off the bench. We'd sort of heard things, um, but the Palace had done quite well outside of the kind of youth circles as, of, of sort of not really drawing too much attention to him. Um, I read the, the details on the Palace site um, over the course of the last couple of days, um, talking about how any sort of opposition manager that saw him at youth level would always ask about him and say, you know, you've got a bit of a player there. So he'd started to build a reputation, but got that opportunity uh, towards the end of the season under, it was what, Friedman and Hart at the time it would have been, um, and was was... You know, he, he came off the bench and just exuded attitude. And I can remember someone next to me in the crowd saying that he just had the kind of aggression and, and sort of unforgiving nature of a, of a young Ian Wright because he was straight away he was doing what we've grown to love about him in terms of moaning at other players for not playing the ball to him. And just straight away, didn't even didn't even sort of cross his mind that he wasn't in, you know, that he was this sort of young kid playing in an adult environment. He was just there to play football the way he plays football. And you know, you sort of knew straight away that that having that attitude was going to carry him a long, long way. And then the next season, it just um, you know the story is that in pre-season, Burley needed some. When he had eight senior professionals, and Burley had said to to Gary Issert, just get the best player from the from the youth team, get him over with us, and they expected him to come back after a couple of sessions as we brought players in. But essentially, he never came back. Uh, he was just too good, and um, from 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 minute one, and Burley played him straight up. Um, and there's a game against Leicester, which we won 3-2, raced into a 3-0 lead, I think it was, and then got pegged back a little bit. But he scored the opener, a flick on from Alan Lee. He finished brilliantly playing up alongside him um, and, and I think got a couple of assists in that game as well. But he was absolutely sensational, played 43 games that season from, from one the season before, just exploded onto the scene. And, you know, we could talk forever. There's so much that went on. I mean, let's face it, he, he was the reason we got promoted to the Premier League. Um, you know, under Holloway after the after initially being under Friedman. Uh, without him, just there were so many good players in that side and so many reasons we went up, but nothing as big of a reason as, as Wilfred Zaha, just absolutely terrorising defenders. And when we bought Balassi and um, just teams just could not cope with that. And it was, a, it was an amazing, magical time to be a Palace fan, just watching that unfold. And I think in some ways we always have that expectation of just that raw, talent, the sort of confidence, the arrogance at times of, of him and Balassi just tearing teams up. And I think we often think back to that and, and wonder why we don't see that again. But, 
you know, I think he's a much better rounded player now. So let's, you know, we got up and he and he went to Man United. I'll bring you in now, Aaron. Um, I guess you probably had high hopes when you when you signed him, but it didn't quite oh, pan out. Wilfred Zaha, Wilfred, Wilfred, Wilfred. I still talk about him. Is that I mean, uh, firstly, I always sort of think back to the second leg of the playoff semi final. You know, Brighton Palace. Firstly, obviously for the for the bus driver that shit himself. Um, <laughs> you know, and sort of like the stories that follow on from that. But those two goals from Zaha were just pure, pure, pure class. I mean, genuinely, you look at it, and, and as soon as United, well, obviously we'd agreed the deal in January, but you know, we sort of tracked him after that, and seeing him there, and I just thought to myself, you know what, we have got a player on our hands, and. Right now, I'm going to compare him to, to Dan James and say, I feel really sorry for Wilfred Zaha because he came to United at the wrong time. He came to United under David Moyes where, let's be fair, United had a, a squad that had won the Premier League but probably shouldn't have won the Premier League because the, the squad wasn't good enough. I mean, you know, they they were creaking at the back at midfield, needed replacing. You know, up top, we were all right with, with, with Robin Van Persie and Wayne Rooney and Javier Hernandez. But... You know, Zaha came in just that bit too early. Louis van Gaal, he was never going to play under. You could see by, you know, the money that van Gaal spunked on Falcao, Di Maria and, and players like that. I think the time for Zaha to go to Manchester United would have been under Jose Mourinho. I think Jose would have got the best out of him and we were crying out for a winger. He was desperate for Perisic. And at that point, you sat there and you thought, you know what, Wilfred Zaha would do bits for us now. And and right now, I still think Wilfred Zaha at Manchester United would do very, very well. The timing wasn't right for him. I think maybe if Sir Alex Ferguson wasn't in charge and if Zaha knew that he wouldn't have been in charge, maybe Zaha wouldn't have gone. But then again, we also, on the flip side, think about it and say maybe Palace needed the money at the time, you know? Um but it was it was it was a tough one. I think all the, the rumors around him and David Moyes' daughter didn't help him. Um I'm for one and I'm sort of in the camp of Wilfred Zaha's where he said that nothing happened because I think that the way that the, the club's PR system was run at that time and how things were, were were played out was just an absolute disgrace. It was any opportunity to try and belittle David Moyes and try and get him out and it fueled the fire basically. It was just David Moyes trying to trying to sort of defend himself and go, Well, you know, this player's fornicating with my daughter, so you know, it's making things <laughs> up for me. But he's the one that got away from me. He is the one that got away. And again, you compare him to Dan James. Right now, Dan James is doing what Wilfred Zaha should have done for Manchester United in an ideal scenario. He's playing games all the time. Dan James is coming at the right time. Zaha's the one I always wanted. I mean, I was so excited, so excited to see him play for us. A proper out-and-out winger, someone who'd go and take on defences. And, um, and it didn't work out. But I mean... I've really enjoyed watching him play for Palace. You know, I'm I'm glad he actually went back and he didn't go and destroy his career by going somewhere else. But, you know, I'm I'm glad he went back to Palace, but I'm gutted I never got to see him um, pull on the red shirt uh, any more times. You know, it was it's just it's just disappointing. Yeah, I mean there's a lot of truth in what you say there. I think in particular, you know, the, the discussion about Ferguson, I mean, you just think what what Ferguson would have done with him if he'd hung around a year more maybe as as United manager and sort of rebuilt that squad before handing it over to to someone like Moyes, who still would have destroyed it, let's face it. But yeah. um but you know, you just you do think what, what Ferguson would have done for him because it's you know, Wilf was talking about it in in the interview this week and he was saying, you know, when he went to United he he just didn't speak to anybody. He kept himself to himself. I think he was kind of he was too a little bit too immature, was kind of overawed by the by the whole concept. 
uh, and kind of retreated into his shell, which is just not him. It's just not his personality. And I think that probably cost him more than anything. The thing is, Hambo, I mean, if you look at Sir Alex Ferguson, obviously I'm, you know, he's like God in my house. He has a room named after him in my own house. You know, the Sir Alex Ferguson suite is my guest room. <laughs> you think I'm joking. It is actually called the Sir Alex Ferguson suite. Um, but, you know, he could turn an average footballer. He could make him believe he was a world beater. And I look at his track record, John O'Shea, Wes Brown, Anderson, you know, um, Danny Welbeck. We got the best out of Danny. Let's be fair, you know, I got the best out of Danny Welbeck. Javier Hernandez was a little known, you know, um, centre forward when he came in. He got the best out of players like Darren Gibson, out of Thomas Kushak. You know, Players that will give you sort of a 6 out of 10 and will probably sit into mid-table Premier League clubs, he got the best out of them. And I think his departure affected a lot of people. And I feel bad for Wilfred Zahr because he signed he signed on the premise that Fergie would be the manager. I mean, Robin Van Persie talks about it as well. You know, he was sort of in tears when he found out that Fergie was leaving because he only, he only agreed to, to go because Fergie would be the manager. I mean, Wilfred Zaha playing for Silex Ferguson would have been absolutely phenomenal. Absolutely frightening. You know, supplying the balls in towards Rooney, in towards Hernandez. I mean, a Zaha-Hernandez combination would be absolutely fantastic to watch. You know, I, I, I'm just gutted it never happened. Yeah, it's a weird one, you know, with Zaha with, um, at United because he did go on loan to Cardiff as well. And I, that's, um, I remember... Being at that game, Cardiff mm. away and Cardiff fans. And I was actually under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Um, yeah, and I remember Cardiff fans at the time saying, oh, let's just, you know, you can have Zaha. There were chance going back up forward and they were saying you can have Zaha. And then later on, he did actually end up joining us. But, you know, I think that's a good point that you made. I think it's, I think one, age was an important um, matter in this instance because not everyone... Um, can do that at a high level because when Zaha joined United he joined with the expectation being still high because United of course you're you're winning club for 20 plus years David Moy takes over you still expect to be successful but now as Aaron has said the expectations have changed and I feel like right now if Wilf was to join United even if Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is the manager I think he'll do way better than even what he did under Matt Cardiff because he's just matured as a person we've seen that um, with his recent interviews saying how he's not going he's not letting opposition get into his head as much and how old is Wilfred Zaha only 27-28 and this is only happening now so it's taken a long time for him to mature in the game I don't know him as a person but in the game and I feel like right now if he was to move regardless of who is the manager I think that might have, that he will still succeed in a way which he didn't do previously Yeah Diaz just alluding to the future there and I know you Hambo wanted to discuss that there's not a lot of point in, in reminiscing everyone's got different memories of of what they love most about uh, games that Zaha's been involved in and, and changed and, and the goals he scored and that kind of thing. Um, for the future, I've got to say, I've got to the point myself where I'm not that worried that he's going to leave anymore. Um, you know, it was, it was every transfer window, you were just paranoid that he was going to go and following stories about rumours of him going off to X, Y and Z. I don't honestly think that there's any team left currently certainly in the UK that are, are, are going to take him so my worries now are Guaita and, and a few other players um, I, I do feel like he's going to become uh, he might have another six seven eight years at Palace um, and he could become one of the the most important one player one club players in history you know up there with Letizia 
um, perhaps even surpassing him as just a one club legend that everyone recognises as as just Palace. I think before all this coronavirus situation, I I did think that Wilf would leave in the summer. But as you said, Mike, I think now due to the um like everything, when is the transfer window going to happen? The financial uncertainty at clubs. I can see Wilf staying at the club for another year. But I've said this many times as well. I think the club need to make a decision on him. He's twenty seven, going to turn twenty eight this year. So, I mean, his value is going to drop by the year uh, over the next couple of seasons. So what do we want to do? Do we cash him for money or do we keep him? Um, that's going to be an important thing for Wilf as well. I mean, this has impacted probably his future, this, this whole virus, because uh, I know, for, for example, of course, Wilf is not in this position, but I know someone personally who is a professional footballer and he isn't too sure what's going to happen with his contract, who ends, which ends in June because he doesn't want to stay at the club. So, I mean, for footballers itself, I think it's really messed up their futures at the game. And I think the financial uncertainty would, I think, realistically see Wilf at the club for another season at least. Going into the summer, deal, how much is Wilf worth? Exactly. Well, I think I think to Palace, he is still worth that 60, 70 million due to various different factors. But realistically, I'm not paying that I'm not paying that much for Wilf if I'm another club because of his production. I mean, he offers way more than production uh, for Palace. I understand that. But numbers do matter to a certain extent, especially if you're going for that much money. So I don't. I, that's, what, that's why I don't see Wilf leaving. But Palace need to lower their value if, you don't, if they really want Wilf to cash in. But we don't have to. So it's a bit of a weird one. It's like, do we wait on Wilf value to go down and then that's how we sell him? Or do we just keep it as it is? I think the club need to make a decision. And yeah. It's one of those things. I, I think the the basic club decision will always be if someone makes a decent offer for him, whether it's hitting our asking price or not. If someone makes an, an actual decent offer, then there's something to look at. But until that time happens, he's on a contract with us, and, and he'll remain a Palace player. But just to uh, add a couple of bits of context to that, um, I mean, first of all, you know, you talk about the impact of the coronavirus thing. I'm I'm a little gutted about it, particularly if Wilf does end up leaving because. Um, my my brother-in-law and my, uh, was going to take my nephew to go and watch Palace against Burnley. So I got him some tickets. And it was the reason my brother-in-law did it is because he wanted, you know, my nephew to be able to say, I saw Wilfred Zaha play live for Crystal Palace. And potentially that may not happen now, you know, if games are played behind closed doors or the season gets voided or whatever. So on that sense, it, it could be potentially a bit gutting. But I just want to kind of finish by saying, that for me, there is no argument whatsoever that Wilfred Zaha is, is, in my view, the best Palace player ever. And there's some really incredible players to have played for Palace. I mean, Lombardo immediately springs to mind. Um, Calvin Andrew, um, you know, Jermaine Easter. But, but Wilfred Zaha... <laughs> Jordan Ayew, of course. No, but in all seriousness, he, you know, he, he just... He tops it all, not just because of how long he's been there, but just the raw talent, the raw ability, the the way you just off your seat the second he gets the ball. Um, and I feel really frustrated that he sets such a high level of performance and expectation that at times he gets criticism that no other player would get. And when there are people who haven't really been supporting Palace for that long, who are turning on him for not winning a game on his own every week? That really gets to me. And he's a talisman, though, Ambo. That's the, that's the expectation that comes with being that talismanic figure. You know, the the leader. He he is 
he is what Ars- what Henri was to Arsenal, what Cantona was to United. You know, you could say Lampard, Terry was to Chelsea. He he is that talismanic figure for for Palace. You know, and let's be fair, he's had that expectation on him for a long time. At a very young age, he had that expectation on him. Oh, for sure. You're you're absolutely right there. Look, we better crack on. We've got a couple of listener football based questions before we uh, move on to some general topics and. First of those, we'll do them fairly quick fire. So David Cheeseman has got in touch, uh, and earlier on, it I cut off the first part of his name, so it said Avid Cheeseman, which um, which I enjoyed the concept of an avid cheeseman. But that's by the by. His question is: if, if and when the season returns, do you think there'll have to be a mini preseason to get players up to match fitness, and will they have to go straight into competitive matches? I'll take that one. I think there's got to be some kind of uh, adjustment, but I think. You know the club have been pretty clear. Mike talked about it in a previous pod that there's a, you know, a fitness program. At some point, the training grounds will, will reopen. Some clubs are still training anyway. A couple of apparently been playing behind closed doors, friendlies, that kind of stuff. So I would I would hope that that would be minimal. And I think for the for the good of the league, if it if it's relatively soon, um, that will be, I think, minimised at the very very least, if not uh, completely absent. Because I think they've obviously got to get back to it and play games in quick succession. And it'd be interesting to see the impact on the players of having to do that. You know, maybe two three games a week, that kind of stuff, could be pretty insane. And uh, Paul James also got in touch saying, um, "What do you think the Premier League can do for the lower leagues?" Um, and I suppose, you know, talk of a quick preseason. So maybe every Premier League club um, and every Championship clubs should play League One and League Two sides to help raise funds, which I think is a good idea. But can can you see it happen, Mike? You can answer that one. Do you think that's a, a worthwhile exercise? It's, it's one way of uh, of sorting the money issues out, I suppose. I, I think there's there's easier ways of sorting the issues out. I, I think money could come from uh, certain governing bodies that have a shitload of spare cash that they could probably bail people out with. Um, friendlies, definitely though, even if it's just a game against Dulwich Hamlet. Um, something to help out the smaller clubs, sure, but mainly something to get the players back to some kind of normality. They're going to need one before they decide that they're going to play a Premier League fixture, definitely. Okay, well, that's everything on football. We've done quite well there. Well done, everybody. (laughs) And we'll be back in just a second after probably some sort of a jingle or something that Mikey's now going to have to put in because I've said it, uh, where we'll be talking some general stuff and just having a little bit of a play with DR Kerners. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Fintons. Mmm. Okay, it's general chat time, and we're going to start with uh, with a little riddle for you, Dr. Are you um, first up? Are you excited by this concept? Yeah, I, I don't want it to be too hard. I mean, I've seen the football players; they'll be posting on their stories on Instagram riddles, um, like basic riddles such as uh, one 
a mother has four sons. One is called North, South, and what's the other one called? Mm. I like them kind of riddles, not not difficult ones. Well, you might have, you might know this one then, but um, and you're, you're lucky that I cut it down to two because the first one you just said. <laughs> I don't know if you know the answer to it, but that was the first riddle to kind of lean you into this. Now, you know, if if need be, we can work through this. Myself and Aaron will will help you out. You can sort of play the riddle itself. But let's, I'll tell you what it is first up. So, dear, there are two doors. One door leads to heaven, and one to hell. And there's a person in each door, a guard, if you like. And you can only ask one of them one question. One of the guards always tells the truth. And one of the guards always lies. So what one question do you ask them to make sure you go to heaven? Uh, okay. So you ask them, is this the door for heaven? Right. So let, let's play that out. So, um, Okay. So what was the question? What was I going to ask? So is this the door for heaven? Chris? No. Okay, Aaron, open the door. And oh, congratulations, hey. dear. You just went to hell, mate. Okay, why? All right. I hate riddles. <laughs> stupid. Okay, how? How? Um, okay. I mean, look, you know, we're here. You, I mean, you you sort of, you, you now know, but you still got to come up with a question. I mean, what, what question do I have to come up with? Why am I in, why am I in hell? You just asked me. <laughs> well, you you asked you asked you know you you went through you went through Aaron's door because of my answer. So, I I you know I mean, well you, know, you lost. Wait, hold up! I asked you, is this the door for heaven? And you said you asked me if you asked me if my door was for heaven, and I said no. That's right. Okay, so if you are a angel, if you're someone. <laughs> <laughs> well, who said I'm an angel, mate? I'm, I'm just a guard. Why am I an angel all of a sudden? Okay, so what? The guards are lying as well. The guards to heaven is lying. That's that. Well, one of the I'm... one of the gu- one of the guards is a liar, and one of them tells the truth. Okay, on, so that is all right. I've I've lost my mind. All right, how does it make sense? <laughs> if you're the guard to heaven, why would you lie? Well, because because one of Aaron and one of or, or one of Aaron or me lies. And one of Aaron or me tells the truth. Okay, so I'm technically I'm not in hell. Then you might be lying that I'm in hell. Yeah, but you by opening Aaron's door, you went to hell, mate. Sorry. The? Enjoy the enjoy all the flames. Here we go. And the and the red hot pokers up your anus. Enjoy. Yeah, them. here we go. I don't I don't understand this. This is bullshit. This is really bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> you should, I, What's your problem with it? I, I just Mike. Oh. Mike, can you can you um you you can role play with uh, myself and Aaron. Uh, and see if you can get the correct answer. How about that? I'll give it a go. I'm, I'm in my head. I, I don't. I don't think that there's actually an answer. But I was thinking, if you say to one of them, what would the other one say? But then mm-hmm. I was. We'll try that. Try that. Okay. Um, so, Aaron, what would Hanbo say? Don't know. <laughs> well, let me help you out there. So, um, Aaron would say that I would say to open his door. Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't work either then, does it? It it does. You're basically there. So the answer the answer basically is to ask that question and then whatever the case. So if you were to ask me that question, right? So Ah oh, do the opposite. Go, do uh, yeah. 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 So I'll open your door. Uh, in uh, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well exactly. It is a regular door to open, yeah. And Can you I would, say 
why I don't get involved in this crap on Instagram. Yeah, I just I I I bypass it all. I'm not interested in someone's mother. I'm not. <laughs> in- no, no, Instagram yeah. ones are good in a way because it makes sense. Like it's like. Uh, no, no one cares. No one cares, DR. No one cares. And then, some, you know, I've got someone else posting up a challenge about socks, a challenge about this, a challenge. What's the challenging thing about it? Well, mate, for a second, I mean, you have to send me the details of that sock-based challenge. So, um, yeah, very interested. Very, very interested in that. But but can I just, I mean, your fury aside, I just need to check in with DR. DR, do you understand what happened? What, the sock challenge? <laughs> <laughs> Not really, no. Oh, oh the current riddle. Yeah. Oh, um, uh, yeah. I know. I'm not gonna lie. No, no. I, I just don't. I just don't get. It. <laughs> just don't get. It. I mean, it, no. it just yeah, it's a bit stupid. You know, it's a stupid. Is it though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it? I can't be it's stupid. Yeah, yeah. What, what about the next riddle? Can we go into the next one, please? No, no, I haven't got any more. There were two, and to save time, I went down to one. Oh, and um, but we'll have more for you later in the uh, later in this series of podcasts. Because I mean, I enjoyed your effort, and um, thanks, Aaron, for sort of helping with the role play, but kind of hating every second of it. Um, but yeah, but deal. Just just to, just to cover it, mate. I, I I was the liar standing in front of the heaven door. Okay. And and Aaron was the tr- person who tells the truth, standing in front of the hell door. So if you say to Aaron, which door will the other one say? He will he will tell you the truth that I would tell a lie. Do you see? Oh, so wait, I went so I went hell because I asked you. You asked me, and I told you a lie, but you didn't know I was the liar. However, however, if you'd asked me what door would Aaron tell you to go through? He would have told you to go through my door, which no, he would go to. <laughs> See, you're getting you're creating a riddle with a riddle. Look, I'm getting... it all works. Yeah, it all works. It's all fine. Let's move on. <laughs> so, I want to talk a little bit about we touched on it earlier. Some some sort of general food behaviour around lockdowns. Now, as I mentioned earlier, I really am struggling with the with the lack of activity and the fact that Del- Deliveroo is still active and. Um, realistically it's causing me some quite serious problems and um i do occasionally try to try to cook things um with what i have in the fridge and that's been interesting have you ever tried super noodles cooked in vegetable soup i have um but i did a i used a lovely tiger loaf the other day cut through it and, and then baked it in in the oven with some corned beef some onion and um some butter that was very nice so Anybody got some uh, wonderful recipe ideas for for people stuck at home? And and basically, what are you doing? How often are you eating? How how are you finding the whole food experience? I'd just like to know if Kit Kernaz has ever eaten corned beef in his life. No, no, no. Actually, no, no, I haven't. I've had also known as also known as salt beef, dear. Salt beef, and uh, I've had corn sausages, but that's like vegetarian, I guess. Corn, not corn, corn, not corn. Oh, okay. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Should I answer the question how I've been coping? So this week, yeah, um, I, I haven't really eaten as as much. Like it's weird because you get distracted so easily when you're on the PlayStation and doing other bits of things. But next week, I'm going back to my diet plan because I think everywhere is kind of getting stocked up now because everyone isn't going crazy on shopping. I think so, in terms of um, like the pasta and chicken because they've already got pasta and chicken at home. So next week, I'm going to go back to my bulking diet. I'm going to do my home workouts, and hopefully I can achieve the goals I want to achieve as well. 
Um, and how long are you cooking the chicken breast for these days? Ah, uh, here we go. Uh, so around, <laughs> um, I haven't really had chicken breast, so I can't really tell you that. I mean, next week I can tell you next week's pod. Um, but I don't want okay, to give well, that away now because I haven't done. Right, well, look forward to that. Aaron Dr. Once um, cooked a chicken breast during the course of a recording a podcast, and it was in the oven for an hour and twenty minutes. How do you feel about that? Uh, I mean, it must have been very stringy. It had the consistency of a cheese string afterwards. I mean, that is that, that is dry. That's what I'm gonna say. Yeah, dry. Absolutely right. How about yourself, uh, Mike? Uh, as a, as a as a vegan, any struggles getting hold of um, tofu or anything like that? Uh, and and you you kind of eating more or less often? Funnily enough, um, the areas I usually get my food from in the supermarket are never sold out. There's tons of stuff. Um, I, I've I've probably been eating slightly less, but drinking drinking more. Um, I definitely used to getting you know takeaway with the other half that kind of thing. Um, obviously I'm on, on my own, so I'm not doing any of that. Um, eating very healthily, trying to keep the immune system up by getting you know way more than the five a day. Um, it's been going pretty well, and then I ruin it by uh, drinking like super strength um, Polish lager in the evening um, whilst chatting to Chris Clark. Um, yeah, so yeah, I, I I I've been I've been healthy, you know, making soups and stuff like that, um, but ruin it by about seven o'clock each evening. So Aaron, help me out here. We've had two people who aren't eating more than they normally do, and uh, seemingly being relatively healthy. Um, please help me because I'm feeling bad. Well, look, you know, apart from me being interested in buying a, a 25 kilo doner kebab, I actually um, I foresaw this this sort of like crisis coming. So I purchased an American fridge freezer, that's right, an American fridge freezer, stuck it in my garage and filled it up full of baked beans and fish fingers. And yeah, just been enjoying myself, really. It's It's been all right. Um, as far as my... Beans in the freezer? No, 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 no. Be- beans are like on top of the fridge, like on top. Oh, okay, okay. And I've got fish fingers in the freezer. Um, you know, Captain Birdseye, he, he's, he's done wonders. Basically, I just went to Iceland and just bought a load of stuff. Now... You know, a lot of people have turned around to me and, 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 you know, asked if I'm panic buying and if I'm, you know, raiding the supermarkets. And I go, no, and that's because even before this, I used to buy in bulk anyway. It's it's kind of like what Asian people do. We buy a lot of things in bulk. So, like, I've got enough toilet roll. I've got, I mean, the only thing I'm sort of rationing at the moment is Pepsi Max. But I've got a pal of mine who's going to go to the cash and carry next week and get me a couple of crates. You know, it's fine. But, you know... Like we we've bought like everything. Everything's just sat in the garage. We, we we're cracking on, you know. Um, in terms of the booze, though, I'll agree with with Mike. I'm not quite on the uh, the lagers, Mike. Um, but I I have been caning through my spirits over the past few days. The Captain Morgan's has gone. Uh, I'm on to Dead Man's Fingers at the moment. I don't know if anyone's tried it. No, any Dead Man's Fingers? Anyone? No, I haven't. No. What is that? It's it's a spice rum. It's absolutely lovely uh dead man's fingers and and it's on offer at a couple of places now so i've got half a bottle of that you know sort of like lingering and then i'll probably just move on to the whiskeys the jameson's you know just sort of clear out the christmas selection really you know mike what, what, what lagers are you on mate is it the tisky or the lick i've been uh i've been addicted to a six percent lager called zuba which i think means bison um, and I've bought out, I, I, I've over the course of about four visits, have totally killed off the entire stock of uh, the local shop. Um, it's really good. But the, the problem is, it's not a session beer. Um, I've decided I, I, I can't stop myself drinking the amount, the volume I have. 
So I'm just going to drink less strong beer. Um, so I think that's the only way around it. Um, but the one thing I wanted to say, what, when you mentioned Donna Kebabs, so when I was last in Tesco, um, obviously a lot of, you'll have all been down to a supermarket and you've got the, the stickers on the floor. You know, when you're queuing up, they've, they've closed half the tills off and you've got to stay two metres apart and all that kind of stuff. The guy in front of me, the last time I was queuing, uh, he had a kind of grey skin problem and there's sort of eczema on his, on his neck and stuff. Didn't see the front of him because he was in front of me. But all he had in his basket, nothing, no fresh produce, um, no liquid whatsoever. He just had those frozen Donna Kebab instant microwave things. Just just those to cover up his entire in, in his oh. in his basket and nothing else. Oh, so, that's that's upsetting. I'm yeah, I mean, just just to say that's to people, it. just just try and get your five a day for your immunity. Yeah, like that. that I'd imagine hamburgers tried all of them. I mean, fine, have them, but just have some vegetables as well. That guy is clearly in intensive care right now, um, so just just be careful, people. <laughs> Um, I mean, I, I mean, I, I was desperate for some, some actual salad today, so I ordered a couple of, they call them gym boxes from the German Donner Kebab. Sorry, dear. Um, and yeah, that's that's how I'm getting some of my greens, or how I how I got my greens today. But I have tried those, yeah. Um, and they are they are rank. And I also tried the Donner Kebab pizza from Lidl, which was similarly horrible. Um, so I do pity that particular individual. I go down, I see DR and the boys, and they sort me right out. So, you know, I'm, I can't be eating any of that frozen malarkey. Um, but Hambo, Hambo any, any luck with the uh, Too Good To Go app lately? Um, I've stopped using it in the in the current crisis, but um, just before I, um, before I stopped, one of the local restaurants, it's a place called The Thirsty Bear, um, were added onto it. And they do incredible, I mean, incredible pizzas. So I'm absolutely gutted because, you know, it's like a £3.50 bag or whatever. I mean, they are they are in just an amazing place. So I'm really excited to get back into that when uh, when all this crap ends. DR, I'll just, just check in. Um, so Seven Star Kebab, of course. How has business been for Seven Star Kebab? Um, it's been, I've, uh, I went, I went Saturday for a quick visit, uh, and I've never seen it that packed. I mean, it's, uh, it's been ridiculous in a way that we had to turn off the machines so we don't receive any more orders because we just couldn't cope. Um, yeah, it was, in that aspect that it is positive, but yeah, when you don't have all your workers in and you try to reduce the staff and all that, you just could you just can't handle it. And yeah, so now we are, I don't think we're doing, I'm not too sure how it's working, but I don't think we're doing just eat anymore. I think it's just Uber eat and their driver comes and collects it. Um, how are you social distancing in a packed kebab shop? Uh, what do you mean? No, it's not packed in that, but it's packed in deliveries. Like oh, it, was, it was just, it was just ridiculous. Like it, we didn't have space to put the delivery orders on. Like the whole row was filled up. We just had to put it on the side. It was crazy. Yeah. And but yeah, but obviously you're not going to let quality drop. You've got to get those two ounce burgers out to, to everybody. Yeah, two ounce burgers. I've actually had a two ounce burger after um, we talked about it on the Love Sports show. Yeah, um, it's actually very small. I didn't, you know, I didn't realize how small it was until I actually had it. Like I had one bite and it was gone. But yeah, they are good. They are good in aspect. In fact, I'm going to go today. I think I'm hungry after I do my. <laughs> That's what she said. Yay! Right. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, the only um, the only other thing I wanted to say on that, I'm surprised none of you are having the same problem I'm having, which is I can't stop going and opening the fridge. There's not really anything in it at the moment. I really am due a shop, but I'm kind of avoiding going out until I've got nothing left, really. But I, I've, I've got a problem in the fact that, you know, 
boredom eating is a terrible thing and it's just escalated for me and um, I'm very surprised that you're all coping so well. So um, I have to congratulate you on that. And um, obviously, I need to get myself together. And perhaps just you know fill that fridge with some some healthy green vegetables, and maybe I'll feel better about myself um, rather than feeling like I'm doing the worst out of everybody. Although I have to say, the 25 kilogram kebab thing does make me feel slightly better myself, about myself. Thanks, Aaron. A couple of well, you know, still an offer, mate. There's still the offer still there. If you fancy it, I'll go halves with about. Oh, we'll consider it in a in a week or so once I've um, run out of food and money for delivery. It might actually happen. Um, and then we've got to try and figure out how to cook it while social social distancing. You're only down the road from me anyway. We can sort this out. That's true. Uh, Mike, a couple of uh, things for you that came in. You were absolutely delighted um, about how often we talked about people uh, crapping themselves at games. A couple of these in for this week. Thank you very right. much to... Thanks, Andrew everyone. Cochran. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks. <laughs> so, um, Andrew, was he's given us some lovely praise for the podcast, which I completely agree with. Thank you, Andrew. You're right. It was a great pod. And his illness story at a football game, he was working on the cameras at Reading for the big TV screen. He threw up in front of Michaeli Leisurewood and the rest of the players about to walk out onto the pitch. It was his birthday the day before, is his excuse for that. So, superb work and vomit-related rather than the other end. Uh, you'll be pleased to know, Mike. But... Tapping up the sergeant has followed up with, that's a great story. Does having the shits for an hour at Preston Station before a 4-1 thrashing count? It was back in 2004. I can reveal that the fact it was in 2004 doesn't mean it doesn't count. That very much counts. And having the shits for an hour at Preston Station, I think that's very much equivalent to the 4-1 game, which I remember well. So thank you very much indeed for tapping up the sergeant for giving us that. Hmm. Aaron. Okay. I, I could tell you, I mean, my, my own story. Um, so I, I, uh, I was, well, I've, as everyone probably knows, I do games for Five Live and stuff like that. And, you know, I traveled the country and whatnot. Um, but it was a Friday night and I'd hurt my shoulder and, and sort of, you know, gone to bed. I was actually going like quite far up north. I'm not going to mention what club it is, but I was going quite far up north. and. Um, I, I just, you know, I, I got in a bed, couldn't sleep, could not sleep, all night tossing and turning. And you know, you like, you just look around at the clock and you think about it, you've got four hours, three hours, like five hours to sleep, X, Y, Z. I'm thinking to myself, how am I going to drive 200 miles there, 200 miles back tomorrow? Anyway, five in the morning comes, I look on and I'm like, you know what, mate, I'm I'm going to kill myself or I'm going to kill someone else on the road by like, crashing my car. I've got to do something wise. I've got to get a train. But the thing is, so, so I've put this train anyway. You know, thing is, I don't know, you know, how it works for other people. But if I don't go to sleep, you know, my, my internal digestive system process, um, it, it doesn't quite kick in. And so, you know, I proceeded to sit on the on on the old Kazi for, for about an hour just to try and get a bit of movement going. Nothing, yeah. Anyway, I thought to myself, you know what? I didn't really eat much yesterday. It's all right. I'll be fine. Let's get going. So I've got into uh, into King's Cross. Mate, all I'm saying is the old backside's going like a brass band, yeah? <laughs> Wind everywhere. Propane, the lot of it, yeah? So I've got on the train, and I thought to myself, you know what, best thing is, let's get my head down. Let's get some kips. So I've gotten to sleep. I was actually on the day of the, uh, the World Cup, the Rugby World Cup final. Um... England playing South Africa. So I've got my head down, put my headphone in, whatever, and I've got to my destination about 10 o'clock. So I've got up, stood up, walked around a bit, 
got out of the train, thought to myself, yeah, I could, I could do this. I'll be all right. Mate, backside started going again like a brass band. And I'm thinking to myself, you know what? I've got a problem here. Jumped in the cab, got to the ground. I've got to this ground four hours before kickoff, five hours before kickoff, yeah? It's about half ten in the morning. There is no one there. So I've gone in, collected my pass, gone up to my point, put all my kit down, whatever, you know, climbed up. Literally, I'm probably the only person inside the stadium bar. And I've got a triple-A pass. I thought to myself, you know what? I'm going to go for a bit of a walk around, you know? Let's let's just let's just see. Which, if you think about it, isn't probably the best idea you can have at that time because walking around, you know, it, it gets your bowels going and whatnot. I've gone for a walk around and uh, just like walking around these corridors and I've seen a sign that says chairman suite. And the chairman of this club is, um, is, is, is a very rich Italian mum. And he, um, just, sort of just, you've you know, given you know, it, you know he's given you, it away. Here, but go on. <laughs> just poke your head indoors, look around it. Oh, that's very nice there. And down the middle of the room, I've just seen it. There's a sign that says chairman's WC. <laughs> and, um, I spotted it and I thought, you know what? Why not? There's no one here. It's 11 in the morning, no chance. I've gone in expecting like a half decent sort of Kazi. My God. My God. This thing was kitted out in marble. Yeah. <laughs> kitted out in marble. There was classical music playing, a selection of magazines, two types of soap. There was cream as well. I sat on the Kazi. The seats heated. <laughs> So I've sat there, mate. I've given it a good working out. You know what? I feel all. I feel so so much better. I've read Grazia magazine. I've read uh, Kitchen Bedrooms and Bathrooms magazine. I've looked through them all. Read all the magazines. I've used the hand. I've, I've used everything, mate. It was actually brilliant. But then I had to sneak out, which was a slight issue. So I've jumped out, and there's actually like you know. You know, you know, like sort of the 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 uh, the stadium. I don't the, the, not the helpers, but you know the the people who work in like the hospitality lounges. Some girls behind, like in in the chairman's private van, they're like, "Oh, excuse me, what are you doing?" I was just, um, uh, I'm thinking to myself, like, "What the hell am I going to say?" And literally, I've just dropped into him. I was like, "Yeah, you had it. You had a leak on trap two, love. I've just <laughs> gone and fixed." It. I literally, just bombed it out of there, mate. Never been back since. <laughs> but um, yeah. I shat in the chairman's lounge. Yeah, that's what I'm going to say. That is impressive. And that, that story could have gone worse. Go on, sorry. It could have gone a lot worse, mate. But I'll tell you what, it was bloody comfortable. Scenes. Incredible scenes. Right. It's time for the final act of the show. And that is Mike's Quiz of the Week. I'm going to give you some information about a player. Either he started off with Palace, so I'll give you what year he started off played his debut or I'll tell you who he signed from uh, and what year he signed and you try and tell me who it is if, if nobody can get it we'll go round again I'll give you another clue um, slightly harder than last time being as the majority of the questions I asked were got on the first go I'll start with the easy. I think it's the easiest one um, maybe start with you Aaron um, if you can't get it pass it over to Chris pass it over to DR um, and then we'll see who's got the most points after five players' worth of the game. This particular gentleman, his first professional club was Crystal Palace and he played his first professional game for Crystal Palace in 1988. High-profile man. Have a guess. See who you think it is. Uh, I haven't got a clue. Um... First game, well, first professional game 
Ian Wright. No, it's not Ian Wright. I mean, okay. it, is a, it is a tough one, 88. Because all the think people I'm thinking of, I'm pretty sure made their debut prior to that with Palace as their first club. So it's some, oh God, it's someone in between. Um, I mean, I'm just going to say John Solarco. I think he's, he's earlier than that. But It's it's not John Solarco. DR, would you like a guess? I'm just, yeah, I'm just going to go with Pardew. I, God knows when he played. It's, it's not Pardew, no. So... He played for Palace up until 1995, 152 appearances and 15 goals. So, Aaron, do you want to guess? Well, that that wipes out my guess of uh, Andy Woodman, but because uh, he <laughs> in 1988, I think 88 or something like that. Um, how many goals? 15 goals in 152 appearances. <sighs> this this is a this is a tough one. Um, how long did he play? Till 1995. Uh, sorry, 152 league appearances. Oh, uh, I can't even have a clue, can I? Uh, no, the the point of it was I gave you a clue, and now you... okay, I, I think I've got it. I think I've got it. I think I've got it. I think I've got it because I think he joined uh, Aston Villa afterwards. Is it Gareth Southgate? It is Gareth Southgate. Yes. Yes. He went. Is anyone on... suspicious that Aaron? Yeah, that dirt. That. <laughs> I heard that little dirt in the background. I'm, I'm going to allow it, but I, I, I am certain he's Googled Palace 88 squad and then I'd look through there. Um, but hey, yeah. man, that's fine. So he went on to, to Villa, played 152 games for Palace, went on to play 191 for Villa and then ended his career at Middlesbrough. Three, three clubs over 500 appearances. That is impressive stuff. And obviously, he now is England manager. Uh, next go. So that's that's one nil to uh, to Aaron Hambo. Mm. This player joined Palace from Birmingham City in two thousand and eight. Birmingham City in two thousand and eight. Hold on, let me think. No, I've just read Simon Jordan's book, and he lists a lot of players that joined from Birmingham City. <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's your go last, so. <laughs> I'm just, I, I mean, the trouble is, all I know it isn't, but my head's just completely gone. So, I mean, I'm going to say uh, Clinton Morrison. Uh, no, no. Um, I think his second spell was about 2002, wasn't it, or something like that. I'll have a look up. Um, DR, have you got any idea? Birmingham City 2008. I've read the book as well, but it's been a while. Um I don't, I don't know. Um, nah, I'll pass. Go, go to Aaron. Let's see if Aaron gets okay, this. Okay, Aaron. No, I'm. I don't know. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, um, someone like Mark Kennedy, but no. Let's nah. Let's carry on. Um, so he's a midfielder. Uh, that went on to play 103 league games for Palace. So, Hambo. Uh, sorry, let's give the years as well. 103 games for Palace, uh, league games, midfielder, until 2011. Until 2011. Birmingham. This is going to do my absolute nut. This <laughs> really is. I think I've got it. So, I'm trying, to think, I'm trying to think of midfielders we had back then. So, it's going to be one of... 
maybe Derry. Derry. Uh, we've had. Is it Neil Dance? It is oh, Neil Dance. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's a good shot. Yeah, it is Neil Dance. Eighteen goals in one hundred and three appearances before he w- he went on to play for Leicester. Uh, didn't do particularly well there. Ended up on loan various clubs. Um, great player. Great player. So that's one apiece for you, gentlemen. Um, now, Dr. Yeah. Um, you were probably about two at the time. Um, <laughs> so this. This player signed from Portsmouth in 2002. Portsmouth 2002. Oh. Okay, well, all right, all right. Because I was two at the time, can you at least tell me if this player... Okay, I have a feeling I know who it is. Does this player work for the club? Uh, that's not... I'm not giving any more clues. Uh, I'm just going to guess. I'm just going to guess because I know Sean Derry played for Portsmouth. So I'm just going to go with it. Sean Derry? Yes, it is Sean Derry. So, that is one apiece with two to play. Um, wow. That is excellent work, DR, because um, I, if you asked me about players uh, that pl- joined the club when I was two, I'm not sure I'd have too many answers. But if he really, if wasn't at the club, if he wasn't well-known, how am I going to know that? I just, yeah. Yeah, true. true. I mean, I, I'm going to have to... I can make them more difficult, but... Um, that's, no, that's no, 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 I'm fine. So, I'm fine. so, <laughs> so Aaron, yeah. this player... Joined from Arsenal in 2000. Oh, there's two of them. Okay, there's two of them that are mentioned um, again in said book where he got ripped off by um, by David D. Is it Julian Gray? It's not Julian Gray. Oh, what a player Julian Gray was. What a player. No, it wasn't Julian Gray. Oh. Hambo. Yeah. See... He's, he's put me down a direction thinking it was the other the other one, but I've also remembered a centre back, Andy Linegan. I think that might have been later, earlier. Sorry, I'm going to go with Tommy Black. It is Tommy Black. Yes. Did it's they me. sign at the same time, Mike? So, sorry, what? Did they sign at the same time? Uh, yes, they did. Yeah, they no. did definitely. They signed as a pair. Yep. One or the other. Mm-hmm. Um. It, yes, both. Uh, well. Tommy Tommy Black maybe um, a little bit more up and down than Julian Gray, but yes. So I've maybe made this a bit unfair because I had five players, but that means that um, two of you are going to get to go first. So maybe I'll, I'll go with six players. Um, this one is for Hambo to go first, then. Okay. Um, so so you're leading two two one one already, um, but this player signed from Derby in two thousand eleven. So we've had a signing from Derby mentioned before. Hey. It, it can't be yeah. him again, right? I, I think I got this. But he's, he's the only person I can think we've signed from Derby, and that's Dean Moxie. Oh, fuck off. Oh, sorry, I shouldn't swear. <laughs> it, is, it is Dean Moxie, yes. Oh, there we go. So you, you have won this game. So um, we'll, we'll play, uh, play one more for Pride for DR so that everyone's been able to go twice. Uh, this player signed from Hull, Hull City, in 2006. Oh, Hull from 2006. Uh, Hull. <laughs> the only recent memory I have of Hull players is Fraser Campbell, but I don't think he was even born from Hull. We saw him no. Hull. Uh, no. I don't know. I'm not going to okay. wait, Sam. <laughs> um, Aaron? Hull. Okay, it's too early for Delaney. Far too early for Damien Delaney. 
Uh, Hull City. Hull City. That is a real tough one. Um, I'm going to have to go for like a stab in the dark of like James Scowcroft or something like that. You know? It's right. not James Scowcroft. Hambo. Oh, uh, it's Leon Court, wasn't it? It was indeed Leon Court. Six foot four inches of Leon Court. Um, also played for Millwall, also plays for Charlton. Um, the only thing he didn't do was play for Brighton. Um, but yes. He's a South London whore. Yes, that's what he was. <laughs> the, uh, the older half-brother of Reuben Loftus-Cheek. Oh, right. Is he really? Apparently so. So there that's you amazing. go. Hambo absolutely cleaned the floor with that. Aaron obviously disadvantaged by not being a Palace fan and DR being disadvantaged by not being old enough to remember most of the names I came up with. There we go. Well quizzed, everybody. Uh, that is your lot for this week. Um, not sure. I mean, uh, if you don't know... Uh, we had the wonderful news that uh, preview host Terence Ford, um, his wife, had their child, um, Emilia Jordan Plotsford is her name. Uh, so congratulations, yeah, exactly. Um, so not sure when he will actually be free to do another podcast. But I'm sure we'll um, potentially cover that ourselves at some point. Certainly, Albert and Sam will be hankering to get back. So hopefully, there'll be another pod from those gentlemen during the course of this week we'll be trying to do as many as we can um, if you obviously do download the Pitch Sport football app um, details at the top of the show obviously to get in touch there um, and of course as ever rate us five stars <laughs> you've chosen podcast app um, very much appreciated Aaron for joining us thank you very much indeed DR and Mike cheers to Mikey for producing and we'll see you all again soon bye now Back of the chest. Coronavirus self-isolation podcast. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.